0: I wanted to read you a text if I can find it. Do, 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 do. Dun, dun, dun. I, I had a text uh, earlier. There we go. Oh, is that me? Here we go. I had a text from um, Josh. Most of you know Josh. Some of you won't know Josh, doesn't matter. Uh, and it said, um, Hey, how are you getting on? fine thanks josh i was wondering if you wanted to go to have a coffee oh that's not the bit i wanted to read i also would like to set up a gazebo next to the new church building for a few hours for a day in the holiday with a few others and pray for anyone who wants to as the church has already done before but i wanted to run it past you first well that's a nice text to get isn't it so, uh, so I wanted to start my sermon by reading that out, because I got that just as I was thinking, well, I, I was going away for a few days to uh, study, pray, write, I just scribble a lot, and those kind of uh, periods, and, um, uh, and I, the thing I was thinking about studying was, uh, was, the thing that Fraser got in my mind was, having a go, I was thinking, what having a go, what, what, what's that, why is that phrase going around in my mind? So I was really delighted to get Josh's uh, text, by the way, I said, yes, do it, don't do it on your own, but do it, uh, do it with some others, and uh, we'll hear a bit about that later. I was really delighted to get that, because it sort of seemed to confirm to me, yeah, having, having a go is a good theme to talk about. I don't know whether, you, uh, wh- whether you've ever had that kind of thing, that I think I ought to do something, but I'm a little bit nervous. I think I ought to do something and step out, trusting God that it will work out, but, but I'm really not sure if it will work out. And then in the back of your mind, if you're anything like me, you think, what, but then what if it doesn't quite work out? Does that, does that really matter? So I want to talk, and a few of us are going to be speaking in the next few weeks about, about building a, a, a sort of culture, which we've sort of got anyway, a culture of having a go, being brave, if you like, having a bit of courage, stepping out, taking the risk that, well, maybe it'll work out, perhaps God's with us. But, and there's that little hesitation, that hesitation of, we're not completely sure, always. So do, do we step out, or don't we stop out? So this passage is a classic passage, it's the passage where Peter walks on water, and then doesn't. I don't know if you know the story, let's read it together. Matthew chapter 14 and verse 22. Immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side, the other side of the lake, while he dismissed the crowd that he'd been talking to and feeding. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone, and the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves, because the wind was against it. I don't know if you've ever rowed a boat against, against the waves. Uh, it's really hard. You, you can. Uh, in Germany this year, I was on the River Elbe with some others. We were doing mission, but actually we were going for a day down the River Elbe. In an inflatable boat. And there were 12 of us in this inflatable boat, and the wind was going the opposite direction. And we were really going like this. And after about three minutes, we'd made about a meter. (laughs) And it's really hard work. And that's what the disciples were going through. It's it's really hard work. They were going against the waves and being buffeted. Shortly before dawn, I don't know about you, but that's about my worst time of day for faith. And thinking straight but shortly before dawn Jesus went out to them like you do walking on the lake when the disciples saw him walking on the lake they were terrified it's a ghost they said and they cried out in fear like you would but Jesus immediately said to them take courage it is I don't be afraid Lord if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. I don't know about you, that wouldn't have been my first thought. <laughs> I mean, I'd be thinking, how can you do that? I'd be thinking, is it you? But I don't think my first thought would have been, if it's you, why don't we go walkies together? I don't, on the water. I don't. Anyway, that's Peter for you. Uh, let me come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat walked on the water and came towards Jesus. That's amazing. I don't know if you can picture that. It's just brilliant. It's an amazing story. But when he saw the wind, I mean, you can't see wind, but he saw the the waves and the crashing and the splashing, he was afraid, which is sort of reasonable, and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, I love that, immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You have little faith, he said. Why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, truly you are the Son of God. When they crossed over and landed at Gennesaret, and the men of that place recognised Jesus, they sent word to all the surrounding country. People brought all who were ill to him. And begged him to let those who were ill just touch the edge of his cloak and all who touched it were healed so we're talking about having a go talking about daring to leave the boats there there are times to sort of embrace the adventure in God I don't know how you'd phrase that step of faith taking the plunge I don't know what you'd say just being brave I don't know, but there's all sorts of ways that in our Christian life, at various stages, in various ways, he asks us to do that. Might be, for me, it was stopping working and starting to lead a church plant a long time ago, going to Bible college without any money. But for some of us, it would be the first time we pray out loud in a small group. And all, we feel all hot and bothered and the hairs on our neck are standing up. Or the first time we prophesy, it might be stepping out and starting your own business. It could be witnessing to your neighbor for the first time. It could be praying for someone to, that they would be healed of a physical illness. It could be all sorts of things where we, where, where we have to be brave, trusting God for the results. And Jesus here calls Peter a man of little faith. Although it seems to me the other 11 apostles have absolutely none. At least Peter's got a little. And, and Jesus did say, even if you've got faith, the grain of a mustard seed, you can do amazing things if you speak it out and use it. But Peter's very human. I, I like Peter. I don't know about you. He's one of the apostles that I'm, I'm very fond of. Because he's just very human. He's, 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 he's too quick to speak. And I, I identify that a little bit. He, he, he says things and then afterwards sometimes puts his brain in gear yeah. do you, an, anyone else identify with that I, I had those times where you th- you wish you could get a hold of the words pull them back on a string and put them back inside again but you've sort of said it now he was he sometimes acted without thinking you know I, he chopped off the odd servant's ear got a little bit carried away in his zeal. He, he, oh, I'll, I'll never desert you and then denies Jesus three times and does a bit of swearing. He's, he's a very human figure but he also knows what it's like to be forgiven. He knows what it's like to see in the end of his life 3,000 preached. He knows what it's like ultimately for people to, to, to want to bring the sick out just so they might have Peter's shadow fall on them because they might get healed because he carries so much of the Holy Spirit and faith in himself. So this is just a scene from a whole life of Jesus changing Peter's life. And I find that encouraging. And we'll talk about that a bit more. He is, after all, the only disciple to walk on water. So I'm I'm hoping this story can help. And encourage us all to to have a go and I just want to identify five or six key points there's quite a lot of overlap in them so we won't worry too much about them the first is this if we're going to be people that step out of the boat and have a go then we've really got to know Jesus's identity and be prepared to act on that it's not actually about us really ultimately it's about who Jesus is now the disciples had probably been fearful of drowning most of the night, so they've had a few hours of panic and now a ghost turns up. Uh, that's, you know, that's what they're thinking, it's a bit scooby-doo, but that's what they're thinking. It's gone from bad to worse. I, I don't know, it, it, in your head you can sometimes make a bad situation actually even worse than it is. They were in a bad situation because they're in a storm and it, and it was tough. But now they're imagining they've seen a ghost and it's got much worse. I, ever do that in the, in the way you think? You make it worse than it actually really is. But the important thing is they need to hear him. That's the important thing. They, they just need and some of us may be in that position this morning you just need Jesus just to hear Jesus saying to you this morning maybe he's doing it right now saying it's okay it's me it's okay I'm here and and it's his presence with us that makes all the difference at the end of the day it's not really about me it's about who I have with me isn't that right When we're going through life, we go through, we're not immune as Christians from the ups and downs of life, the storms, the periods where it seems like everything is against us, that we're rowing into the wind and it's really tough. And we need to hear him just say, it's okay, it's not as bad as you think, and I'm with you. It's me, I'm here. You see, you can handle real challenges when you really know who Jesus is. And when he says, it is I, it sounds a bit strange considering this is a very modern version of the new testament it is i sounds a bit shakespearean but actually the way it, because it's, it's phrased on that for a reason and it's because it, it, what he's really saying is it's i am that's what he's literally saying and i am was the name for god almighty that's why when jesus gets him back on the boat and it all calms down the other disciples say man you really are the son of god because Jesus turns up and says in his own voice which they recognize although Peter has a few doubts he says hey it's I am and after he was walking on water they had some reason to believe him hey the great I am the self-existent God it's me I've turned up and sometimes we just need reminding who God is the God who loves us the God who's for us we just forget who he is don't we I know I trust Jesus, but the wind's against me. I know I. Tr- no, no let's, let's just think for a moment. Let's just know who he is. He's the great I am. And when Peter is sure it's Jesus, that, that, that gains him some courage. Now, if, we, if we just look for courage inside of ourselves, it, it's, I, I don't know about you, but I, I've got a pretty thin supply. It's actually, the courage we get is through knowing, hey, it's Jesus, he's with me, and this is who he he is. I can't say that now. He is. He is. He's the great I am. He's the almighty one. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. The one who stilled the the, the waves, the one who muzzled the wind, he's the same Jesus. The one who conquered death, he's the same Jesus. So whatever happens, he is the great I am, and he's with me. That's why it's important to develop our friendship with Jesus, as Savior, as Lord, to know his character. See, see, Some of us think of Bible reading as an awful chore, or a religious duty, or something bad might happen if we don't do it, which is actually superstition. It's religious superstition, but it's still superstition. Actually, what we're doing is getting to know a person we're getting to know Jesus because when the wind and the waves are against you knowing what he's like makes all the difference will, will, he, will he fail me? no because I know what he's like will he let me down? no because he always catches hold of people even when they're sinking it's knowing who he is and what he's like so knowing Jesus's identity is absolutely <laughs> key if we're to be people that are prepared to just have a go Not being sure how things will work out is okay. Let's just have a go. Second thing is, and it's a classic one, is he beat distractions. Or at least for a while, Peter beat distractions, didn't he? When Jesus is the focus, Peter does the impossible. Not because it's within himself, but because of who he's looking to, who he's looking at. When the storm becomes the focus, everything goes belly up. Theological phrase, but you understand it. Everything goes pants when his focus was off of Jesus. It all went all over the place. And he started to sink. Now, Peter was distracted by the obvious. And sometimes there are obvious things in our lives. Challenges, storms. And we can be distracted from Jesus and i'm preaching to myself as much as anyone else we can be distracted from our focus on jesus and we have to learn not to focus on the storms and the wind waves but but who's in them who's in us who's with us in the midst of the storms and the bible says in 1 john 4 verse 4 the one the one who's in you and the one who's with you is greater than the one who's in the world that's not a fridge magnet that's a truth to live by the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world some of us are distracted because of the wind and the wave some of us are distracted much more subtly really not there's no wind and waves there's just a hundred things that distract us and that sap our spiritual life and one of the things i've felt over the summer months is if there's one thing i need to do it's be focused on jesus to have time with him to be with him to receive his love to have a relationship with him to pursue him who he is what's he like what's he saying that's another thing if we're going to be a people that step out we've got to uh, beat somehow beat some of the distractions in our lives and uh, and it goes on to really to the third point which is probably the same point the other side of the coin which is beat distractions and focus on Jesus We need our eyes fixed on the great i am and and here's the principle i I think is you become like what you look at just i just leave that hanging you become like what you look at which means you don't want to look at too many wrong things and you want to look at jesus what 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 you behold you become like i i think i think there's a quite a I haven't got my head quite round it, but I think there's a profound principle in there. If you keep looking at Jesus and fixing your eyes on him, you just slowly get more like him. So Peter's gaze is on Jesus. He's looking at Jesus. He's looking at Jesus. He becomes like Jesus for, for, for only for maybe a minute or two or a few seconds, I don't know. But he's walking on water like Jesus until he lost his focus. Interestingly, later on in life, if you read the story of Peter, he becomes more and more and more like Jesus as he focuses on him and deepens his relationship with him. Some of the old things he used to do, he doesn't do anymore. And some of the miracles you see Peter doing in the book of Acts are almost duplicates of what Jesus did in the Gospels. Raising from the dead little girls, all sorts of things he does that are just like Jesus. Because what you look at, you become like interestingly jesus walks on the top of things that we're scared of you know the, the, your biggest fears your biggest challenges jesus comes walking on top of them all right there you okay can i help you well i'm thinking oh, all right then let's help you up that's jesus let's focus on him we are fully equipped this Is a quote from uh, bill johnson we are fully equipped for victory not because we have a formula that always works. Oh, don't you wish you had one of those? Yeah, I'd love that in church life. Everything always works. God, that'd be great. No, we're fully equipped for victory, not because we have a formula that always works, but because God is with us and within us. Here's the focus. Here's the fourth one. Let's believe our beliefs. Someone said that this morning. Let's believe our beliefs and doubt our doubts, even at night time even in the early morning believe your beliefs and doubt your doubts something Debbie regularly says to me see the disciples had belief after the storm that Jesus gets back in the boat the storm stills and they have a moment of wonderful revelation Jesus you must be God then you stilled the storm you said you're the great I am the storm stops I believe you their eyes were opened it was wonderful but how about this? How about believing your beliefs in the storm? Not, not when he's solved everything, but when it looks like he hasn't solved everything, but he's with you. Often we want Jesus to stop our troubles, then we will walk with him. That's, that seems like, I'll believe you if, or I'll believe you when, or I'll follow you more when and if. But actually, Jesus says, hey, why don't you, why don't you behave like Peter and walk with me in the storm while the wind's against you the storm didn't stop until after they were back in the boat and the courage to have a go involves stepping out trusting that in the end all will be well it's a a long-term thing in the end all will be well how will it be well but because jesus is at your side so we doubt our doubts and believe our belief in him does that make sense? Not in our circumstances, but in him. Believe your beliefs, doubt your doubts, and then you can have a go at what I've called risky obedience. There's a, a book that's published in 2001. I've never read it, but I love the title. There's a few of those. Uh, actually, it's quite a long list of those. But the title was, If You Want to Walk on Water, You've Got to Get Out of the Boat. I don't know how they fitted it on the cover, or whether it's a big... <laughs> if You Want to Walk on Water you've got to get out of the boat by john ortberg risky obedience i've I've been thinking about that because you think the sensible thing is to stay in the boat the sensible thing seems to be to not use faith but god loves faith in fact it says without faith it's impossible to please him so the the sensible thing to in worldly terms seems to be to not do faith but Jesus loves faith. He's attracted by faith. And the thing that I've come to realize is actually depending on my own wisdom and my own resources is actually riskier than doing what Jesus wants. That's a bit counterintuitive, isn't it? actually not not stepping out in faith and trusting jesus depending on my own resources my own wisdom my the knowledge the limits of my tiny little mind is much much riskier than doing something risky and having jesus with me isn't it isn't it much safer to do something risky and have jesus with you than do something non-risky and not know if he's with you or not it's much safer to be in the center of what god wants you to do than anything else even if it looks scarier i was um, i was in the middle of preparing this talk and i was at um uh, uh, my friend's house bruce's house some of you will, will know bruce others don't and i was talking to him about he said, what you've been doing today and i said oh, i've been looking up peter and stepping out of the boat and he was saying that this year in their church they um they, the, the, they, all their small groups stopped and I said what's everyone doing and he said a lot of people are doing absolutely nothing They're just going to the pub or uh, uh, meeting up with each other at each other's houses but, but they did a series, uh, he said we did a series uh, to start this period off and it was called Faith on the Front Line and I thought oh that's really interesting and, and we got chatting because I was talking about stepping out and, uh, and they did something very similar and, and he said that they asked everybody in the church, it's just an interesting thought, I'll chuck it out They asked everyone to think, where where is our front line? Where is our front line? Where's the line where we've got to trust God? And particularly, they asked, where's where's the front line where you meet with people who at the moment don't know Jesus? Where's that? Where do you you connect? And, And how in that place could you step out in faith? I thought it was a lovely picture. Faith on the front line. And the result was someone just said, I've got a fantastic garden and I love gardening. And between spring and the end of summer, I'm going to do four or five garden parties. That's not everybody's thing, but that's what they were going to do. And uh, we'll try and get around and invite people to church somehow. Someone else set up, a, I think it was a book, a book club, with, uh, which we run, run. They've got a couple of books they're going to read and, and they're going to invite everybody to the Christmas service or something like that. Someone else set up a songwriting group. That's just good fun, isn't it? Doing what they liked. That was the front line. Someone else set up some sort of um, special needs support lunch or something like that. I can't quite remember. But they were, they were saying, How can I, where do I step out in faith? How can I step out in faith? Where can I get out of the boat and express faith in Jesus? So I, I thought we'd just pause now. We've we got the microphone somewhere handy. And um, just get a little report from Josh on the gazebo incident that I started with, not incident. Anyway, adventure, the gazebo adventure. Sounds like a book title. Uh, Thanks, thanks, Josh. (laughs)
1: Um, Yeah, so I felt uh, for the last bit, I think, um, God nudging me a bit to do something. Um, And the prayer thing, um, yeah, it's sort of been on my mind for a bit. so I, I thought I would just you know, had some time in the summer holidays being a teacher, just go and do something. Um, but there were challenges. So first of all, to get hold of a gazebo was interesting, but then I had the means, so I thought I'd just go and buy one. So I've got one now to use for the future, which is good. Um, so I managed to get over that. And then, um, so we set, set the gazebo up, there's a few of us. And I don't, but I don't want to paint a picture of, oh, it was all really easy and everything was natural and it was all nice. It was quite awkward. It was quite hard, um, and we didn 't really know what we were doing for a bit of it, but well, for a lot of it, and so we just um, we just met together and prayed, and our only purpose really was just to go out and bless people, um, just keep it really, really simple. That was it. The only reason we were there was to just um, uh, pray, pray for others and bless others, and that was it. Um, so we prayed for a bit first of all, and then uh, different different like different bits of us felt like more confident doing different things so some of us just decided to um prayer walk a bit and things like that um others of us thought right we're going to go and uh, see if god wants us to pray for other people and things like that so we went out in like pairs and things and um uh yeah i don't want to forget everything that happened so i'll try and remember everything uh but first of all we went and prayed with um there was just a guy sat down and um we, I think James said to him, um, do, do you ever know that God, do you know that God loves you? Or something like that. Um, and he, was, he was an older guy with an amazing beard. It was good. And um, so he, he just said, oh yeah, yeah, no, I know, I know. And it, so that was good. So we had a little conversation with him. Um, and then we, we were, some of us went to go and pray where there was some guy sitting down. So we just, they were sat down. So it's quite easy to sit next to them and then just talk to them. And uh, so he did that, and so we started talking to him. I can't even remember how we started talking, but he said something which uh, sparked a conversation. And um, it turns out that this guy's friend died the day before, um, and uh, there was a lot of drugs involved or something. And he, he dealt a lot of drugs himself and things like this, and we were able to talk to him and give him lots of advice about different things and um, tell him about how God was in it and stuff and it seemed as though he'd had a, a god influence in the past um and so we talked to him about that and we were able to pray with him about uh, all the different issues he was going he was going through and so on um which was really good and then he left because he had to go and catch a train or something um and we we spoke to we then walked through to the bit past asda where the taxi drivers are and spoke to a taxi driver for a bit and which was good and i think quite encouraging um and we, were, we, were, we came, all came back to the gazebo bit, and we were thinking we'd been there for a bit now, so we might, we might end up packing up and um, going back now. Um, and just when we were kind of were thinking that, there was a lady that turned up, and um, so I, we'd put up a sign just saying free prayer or something like that. And um, so they'd seen the sign, and just stopped there, waiting at the gazebo. So they came in, and um, so we spoke to them. Um, and this lady, she had just come back from the gym because her back, she'd had pain for the last five years um, with her back. And so um, we, we spoke to her a bit and we said, well, can we pray for that? And so we prayed for her back. And um, uh, one of us said, well, what, what's the pain like now? Um, and she hesitated a little bit and then was like, oh, no, it's zero. There's nothing. It's all gone. Um, which is brilliant um, so her her brilliant. back was completely healed after five years which was really good Fantastic. um and Priest then her God. husband was there as well again, and man. he looked all down and it wasn't he wasn't very smiley um and so uh and she was saying oh no he's got lots of problems as well you must pray with him must pray with him um so we prayed with him and uh he'd had a collapsed lung and he could he was really struggling to breathe um and uh prayed for his lung and he uh, I think we paid for him twice. And um, he could take full breaths. He was completely fine, um, which is really good as well. Um, yeah. And um, just not physical stuff. So with the lady, then they were clearly loads. She had loads of other things going on. Um, and it, they were quite, they were, like she was quite repressed with all of it. And so it was good to, we then... Um, prayed for more kind of i guess like her mental health because she had a lot of a lot of stuff going on and she was able to give all of that to god um exchange get the freedom that god brings with that um which is really good so to pray pray for all of that um so that like it wasn't just oh you did physical healing or whatever there was it was the whole it was everything that was going on there um and so god was able to really deal with some i think some massive stuff there as well which is really good. Um, and I think just to be a presence there with lots of people, because there's loads of traffic that goes past there, um, to be a presence of saying, like because the church is like I mean, we own the building and stuff. Um, so for the church to have a presence there of just wanting to bless, I think is really good, and just for people to see that and to walk past and to um, get a sense of that, and actually this is what the church is about, this is what we're looking to bring there um, yeah, I don't know why I'm getting emotional, but I think it's, it is something that God really wants to bring there, um, and just to, just to bless others and so on, yeah, um, yeah. Okay. but I, I really don't want to paint a picture of that we were these amazing people, and we were able to do all these amazing things, like we were very ordinary people, we didn't really know what was going on, um, it was quite hard, and it was quite awkward, we all did what we felt as though we could do in God, and um, I think God just blessed that. Excellent. Um, so I think that's, that's what it's about, really. Just being a normal person and just trying to go with what you feel God is saying to bless others.
0: Excellent. Thanks, Josh. Thank you, Josh. So, try and be normal. I know it's a stretch, but try and be normal, but step out. Jane, tell us about your Pilates, mate. be quicky, quicky.
2: so god's been nudging me about stepping out and praying for people so um i was just on my way back from tesco's and um met this lady that i've known from pilates now for about two years and i said to her oh it's great to see you i haven't seen you for a while so she said no I, i'm not being able to come she said um i'm really struggling to walk she said as you can see she said I'm, and, and she was um really struggling putting one foot on on the floor So I said to her, what's what's wrong? So she said, I've got arthritis in the bottom of my foot. And she said, the pain just shoots right up this leg. So I just felt God was nudging me to to pray for her. So I just said to her, can I pray for you? So she said, oh, yes, please. So anyway, I prayed for her. Well, I ended up praying for her three times. And each time, her foot got better and better. And um, at the end of it, she said, it's a little bit sore, that's all. But she said, the pain's gone. The shooting pain's gone. She was just like blown away by by the fact that um, she didn't have any pain. Um, And then God gave me a word for her. um, And and she was just like amazed at at that. And then we were walking back past Acorns charity shop. And the lady that was working inside called out to her and just said, are you able to give me a couple of hours because I'm really short staffed? So she said, well, I wouldn't have been able to, but I can now, she said. She said, because my foot's better. So she said, oh, she said, how's your foot better? So she said, have you seen the doctor? So she said, no. She said, "Um, Jane prayed for me. (laughs) So I know the lady um, in Acorns called Sandy. So she said, oh, she said, would you pray for me? She said, I've had this awful headache. She said, I lost my mum um, a couple of months ago. And she said, I've had this terrible headache that's like a stressful pain, she said, since then. So I said, oh, yeah, I said, I'd be happy to pray for you. So anyway, I prayed for her, and um, she said she didn't feel the headache had gone, but she said she really felt comforted. Um, and I got a word for her that God wanted, that God knew about, that, that she was grieving, and that He wanted to bring her comfort.
0: Excellent. So. Thanks, Jane. Thank you. Very good. I I, I heard a story about a a children's work recently where whenever they heard what they called a God story, like the ones we have just heard, they they were training the kids to say, at the end of it, they said, what do we say? And all the little kids parroted, do it again, God, do it again. (laughs) Which I think would be a very good habit for us. So Shall we? Good. There's something about a testimony. If you hear a testimony, it can build your faith testimonies can if you if you hear them with faith with a do it again god they, they can they can almost become like a promise rather than just a it's not history it's his story and he's the same yesterday today and forever so what he, he did last week he can do next week so let's take hold of those things how about this though peter sunk and you know it's, this story is famous interestingly famous not because peter walked on water but because he sank At least in England it is. That may say something about the Brits uh, and our negativity. But actually, I want the focus to be on this. Jesus reached hold and caught him. And, you know, the worst thing that can happen if you fail is that Jesus reaches hold of you and catches you. And you continue walking with him. And Peter had a great future ahead of him. Psalm 50 verse 15 says, Call on me in the day of trouble and I'll deliver you and you'll honour me. In the end, you know, even when we step out and it doesn't work out, it honors God. And he catches us. And we honor him. And God trains us. This isn't the whole story of Peter, is it? Jesus is teaching Peter to walk with courage and have a go faith. And my suggestion is he's teaching us similar things. Teaching us to have a go wherever our boundary is, whatever stepping out of the boat might mean for us, it's good to get into a place where we need Jesus. Failure isn't final. Failure is often how we learn to trust in Jesus. So, what's your front line of faith? Just as we close, because we're running out of time. What's your front line of faith? How, how might you stop out? Will it be praying at the gazebo the next time there's a gazebo adventure? Will it be, I don't know, saying we're going to go and sing carols in the local pub and give out invites? Will it be talking to a neighbour? Will it be having garden parties? Will it be doing a songwriting group or an art club? I don't know. Well, let's be open to stepping out in faith. What's your front line of faith? And and I just want to say to people that have tried and sunk, (laughs) which would probably be most of us, We've tried and sunk. Have a go again. Have a go again. Hear Jesus saying, hey, come on, it's me. I'm the great I am. Let's have an adventure. But I don't know what will happen if I step out. You know, someone gave me a verse before I preached saying, God, I'm doing a new thing. I can make a way in the wilderness. I don't know how to do it. Well, I'll make a way for you. I'll set up a gazebo, but we don't know what we're doing. It's okay, I'll show you. I'll teach you. Oh, but I might get thirsty. Now I can provide water in the wilderness. So let's be encouraged. It's not often I finish a preach with a quote by William Churchill. It's not, it's not scripture, but it's a good quote. Success is not final and failure isn't fa- fatal. Success is not final and failure isn't fatal. It's the courage to continue that counts. I think it's a great verse for Christians as well. It really is. Success isn't final. We never arrive until we arrive. And failure is never fatal. It's the courage to continue that counts. Amen? Amen. Let me pray for us and then we'll call it a day and the children will be uh, coming back again. Father, help us to believe our beliefs, help us to doubt our doubts. I pray for those who at the moment feel the wind is against them. They're rowing against the tide. I ask that they would be enabled not to be distracted by the obvious challenges, but to know that you are with them, that you are the great I am. And I pray for those of us that aren't distracted by big things, but by a thousand little things, that we would make the time to make you the almighty main thing, the main one in our lives. And I ask you for all of us, Lord, that we would be those prepared to get out of the boat. That you'd give us the courage to have a go. Thank you, Father, that we're a church where we we can do things and they not work out and it's okay. Thank you that you love steps of faith. And we ask you that we would continue to take them in Jesus' name and for his glory. Amen. 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 God bless you today. Enjoy the rest of your day.